in Romans chapter 5, 17th verse, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Do you suppose this is God's goal for us? To reign? To rule? When? Now. In this life. To rule and reign in this life. Over what? Over ourselves, for starters. Over our mind. You know how many people believe that they have to think what they think and they don't have a choice? It's appalling. Or they do what they do because they don't have a choice? It's appalling. I'm talking born-again believers. The world is already in bondage. They, they don't have that choice until they make the choice for Jesus. They're walking according to the spirit of disobedience all the time. For the Christian, we are to rule and reign. Word says sin has no dominion over us. Why? Because we are under grace. I make this statement all the time. Every Christian, born-again believer, born-again of the Spirit of God, Divine nature of God imparted. That's what born again means. The divine nature of God is imparted to our spirit. You have the nature of God within you. Well, what is the nature of God? Love. He is love. Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's poured out in our hearts, the love of God, His nature. A Christian has a choice whether to sin or not. A born-again believer chooses sin. Unsaved person has no choice. Their sin going somewhere to happen. They are, will be selfish in every decision they make, in everything they do, and believe they're right in doing it. Okay? For us, the Word says, sin does not have dominion over us, for we are under grace. What does it mean for it not to have dominion over you? It means in order for you to be there with that, you have to choose it. Well, how's that work? Do you believe the word? We talk about faith. Do you believe what God said? He said, it shall not have dominion over you. I've seen people who, born-again believers, who have been dominated from some area in their life in sin, 
hear what I'm telling them now, and get set free just like that. The word sets you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The other is a lie. Well, you understand, we have this sin nature. Really? And Jesus didn't take care of that? My word says he did. Oh, oh, you mean you need an excuse with that doctrine? Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are under grace. Now, and not under law. Where's the problem? The problem is understanding the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness and the receiving of it. Those who do what? Receive is the word to underline. Those who receive the abundance of grace, well, what am I receiving? You hear that word grace all over the place. It's on, it's on church buildings. It's, it, it's all over. And it's been around for such a long time, it has lost its meaning. It's like having the Picasso on the wall. And the first day you sit there and admire it, and you admire it, and you admire it. It's wonderful. The next day, you admire it, but not quite as long. And the next day, you admire it, but not quite as long again. And the third day, you kind of glance over. The fourth day, another glance. The fifth, sixth day, you're walking right by. And after a while, the Picasso just blends in. And your mind in the wall has no significance, no meaning. This is what happens to us, and the word admonishes us not to allow that to happen. Don't drift away from the things that you've learned. Every single day of your life, reaffirming the grace of God in your life by faith is important. Because apart from the grace of God, you can't reign. Isn't that what it says? You reign, why? Receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The free gift of righteousness. A gift is always free. How many of you have had a birthday party You received gifts? Most of you. Did you earn it? Did you earn the gifts? No, you were born that day, and you're being celebrated, and that's why they call it a gift. See, the churches that I pastored and the churches that I, we started, when it came Christmas time, I never was up for the idea that it's Jesus' birthday, we're celebrating, so we give gifts to one another. So they came into agreement, and I said, I'm not telling you you shouldn't give gifts or anything like that. I'm not raining on that party. That's wonderful. However, why don't we ask the Lord if we can give him a gift on his birthday? 
what would he like? And every year he would give us something to bless other people. We would gather together and we would uh, go to the nursing home and do dinner for them or whatever it was. Bring them gifts from Jesus. It was always something like that because that's God. And he would say, that's the gift that I want. Let's honor Jesus by doing that. And most would gather in, most would be blessed, and most would be joyful over it. The joy would begin to manifest. Gift is always free. You never earn the gift. Amen? You never do anything for it. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, verse 5 even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That verse there is like 10 weeks of teaching, but we'll move on. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. I know that you here have heard this a lot of times. You've heard it preached. You've heard it taught. You know it. I know this scripture. I've Yes, I know that I, by grace through faith, I've been saved. I know that. However, oftentimes it becomes like the Picasso on the wall. We lose. The enemy keeps working on that. The enemy keeps after that because he knows there's the place of victory. You rule and reign over him by receiving the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. I will never be able to stand strong in faith in whom I believe if I don't know that I'm righteous by faith. If I don't know that the righteousness of God, of God, is me. All the time. Nothing doubting. No way. And because of that righteousness... God backs up everything. I have a direct line to the Father, unencumbered by me. Amen? And I know it, 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 And nothing 
Nothing gets in the way of that. I do not, Now listen to me real careful. I don't care if you sin. It does not make you unrighteous. If by one man's offense, sin entered in, what made us a sinner? Adam. Adam. Don't you think it's not kind of unfair? Did anyone ever think about that and say, wait a minute. I get to be born into this earth and I get to be a sinner without even trying? Come on, God. God's always righteous. A man lost it for us, so he sent a man to get it back for us. And it had to be a man, because a man lost it. Adam, Jesus, the son of man, did what? Got it back for us. So by one man's offense, sin entered in, how much more the obedience of Jesus Christ made us righteous. His obedience, listen to me, his obedience made us righteous. His, not ours. I don't care how obedient you think you are to get blessed by God. You ain't obedient enough. Okay? I'm blessed because of Jesus' obedience, and I'm in him. Hallelujah to Jesus. I mean, and that don't make you thankful. I got more. <laughs> His obedience made me righteous. A sinner does a righteous deed. He's still a sinner. A righteous person sins. They're still righteous. Hello? I can get anybody set free from a sin if they'll do what I tell them. I had smokers all the time. You know, smoking's one of the big issues among Christians. You know, they're, they're just lighting up in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, we leave the church, and they're just the smoke. You'd see it coming up between the cars and all that. Bless their heart. I know they want to be free. You know what they need to do? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even while they're smoking. I told one guy, bless the Lord, if you're going to smoke, smoke in faith. (laughs) What do you mean? I said, you get to the point where you know you're righteous, that'll go away. Because they try and try and try and try and try and condemnation and guilt. And try. Word of God sets us free. Not our effort. Not a good try. Amen? Amen. And 
You need to hear it at least from you once a day. We're 35 years or so, and once a day, I go over what we learned way back then. He taught us. Because I want to remember who brung me. Amen? Now, verse 8, by grace. When I was 12 years old, I went to scout camp. We didn't have much money, but I was a good scout, and so they gave me like a scholarship to go. And when I was 12, I went with two friends from the neighborhood, and we went to a place where it was all forest and all kinds of trees, and we were us from the city. I was 12 before I saw grass. And when we got out there, we would go hiking. So the three of us got off by ourselves. We came to a place that looked real funny. Has anybody ever encountered muck? Muck is where there's holes and they fill it with organic material. If you've ever seen a house sinking on one side and they think it's a sinkhole, it's a chance it might be muck where the builder goes in throws all the trees in, trying to save money, and over 15, 18 years, it rots and becomes organic material that turns into muck. And when it turns into muck, you sink. And you don't know how deep that is. It could be 4 feet, 2 feet, 10 feet. You don't know. And I had said to my buddy, let's not go that way. That doesn't look good. We better go around. No, it's a long. We were on our way back to the camp. Three 12-year-olds, right, alone, disobeying to start with by leaving without an adult. But we were striking out on our own. He decides, no way, looks okay to me, runs out there from about here to that cupboard, and it's muck. And before we know it, he's to here. And sinking. He can't get out. There is no way. His arms are here. He can't barely get his arms out. And he said, help. Help. Now, my buddy and I, we didn't look at him and say, you idiot. Why didn't you do what I told you to do? Why didn't we go around? What is the matter with you? We began to talk of how can we get him out. Now, the fact that we didn't rail on him and the fact that he deserved to sink is mercy. We're not thinking about giving him what he deserves. A good slap up the side of the head, at least. And we didn't rail on him about it. An idea. I said to the other guy, 
there's a branch over there. Let's break that branch off the tree, and we'll put the branch out there, and he can grab it, and we'll pull him in. Mercy not only doesn't give you what you deserve, it acts to help you out. However, grace was when we took the branch and extended it and had him hold that branch. How many of you know, even though he held the branch, without our effort, our strength, he don't get in. We had to do this. We had to pull it real hard. We're 12. And we had to pull it really hard and work real hard to pull him in. Did we do it for free? Did we tell him, give us 50 bucks or we're not pulling you in? Did we do him a favor? However, in the doing of the favor, it was our ability, our strength that pulled him out. Grace. Once we pulled him out, the adults finally showed up because the other kid with me, he's screaming. I'm saying, stop screaming. You, we got to pull him in. He's covered. They didn't rail on him. They didn't tell him. They didn't scold him. They said, come on, let's get you cleaned up. Grace is all of God's ability, all of his power, all of what he is at our disposal. By grace, because of grace, because of his ability, because of his power, because of his kindness, because of his nature, because of grace, he saved us. Amen? He said, you're dead in trespasses. You can't get out. You're helpless. You're powerless. You can't get out. This death will, this sin, these trespasses will kill you. Wages of sin is death. If we believe the word where God says that we should live 120 years, Genesis 6, 3, then how many people are actually fulfilling the will of God? Christian or otherwise? Not many. Well, what was the problem with the 120? Well, we didn't know that. Now we know it. So if you want to be around 120 years, fine. Do it. Amen? Amen? However, you live to be 120 years. I want you to understand this. It is still by grace through faith you're saved. It does not change. 
You see, what happens is we come in understanding by grace, and then we allow the rules to get changed on us. Well, how does that happen? Paul says, if I earn it, it's not grace. One of the wickedest books I ever read was a little pamphlet, like 20 years and years ago. I forget what church put out. It said, now that you're saved, and there were all the rules. And so, try your hardest. Try real hard. Try real hard to be a Christian. And the devil comes in and goes, what kind of a Christian are you? He said, you told a lie, you did this. What kind of You can't be. Condemnation, guilt. One of the big reasons why in prayer lines people don't receive their healings, condemnation. Huge. Huge. Condemnation. Tony knows this. When a house is condemned, what does it mean? Unfit for use. No value. There are people out there. I know all of you know you're the righteousness of God. All of you know that you have value. All of you know there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But there's other people that need to know it. And we need to tell them. We need to get them free. Amen? We need to get them free. You're all anointed to do that. To set the captives free. Amen? Hallelujah. By grace, through faith. Can you get a, get, you get a picture on the grace here? It's always available, and it's constantly available, and God has set aside grace for each one of you. In everything he's asked you to do, he provides the branch and the muscle to bring you along. You seen a car broken down on the road? Won't run. Engine blows up. There's no way. It is powerless. It can't get anywhere. The tow truck comes, hooks up the car, and it goes away. And the tow truck's doing what? Pulling it and doing the work. Grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Not me, but the grace of God within me. Amen? Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 2, says, We have access to this grace by faith. What is our faith 
doing? Why do we exercise, utilize, put our faith in operation to access the grace of God? To access His ability, to access His power, to access His wisdom, to access His knowledge. Amen? You and I were justified by faith in that Jesus obeyed and made us just as if we've never sinned. God never deals with us based on sin. He would deny his word if he did. Jesus Christ caused you and I to be justified before God. And because of that, we are always justified by faith in what Jesus did. Because it was his obedience that justified us. Amen? Don't you ever let the devil come in and tell you because you've committed a sin that God has nothing to do with you. He can't hear you, whatever. That is hooey. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you have every right to go to God and he will hear you to take care of whatever it is you need taken care of. Amen? Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. I have a goal. I have to tell you this. I have a goal to see you five right now Get to a point where you're just so excited about the fact that you are righteousness of God, you are justified, that you're so excited that you can't wait to tell ten people. <laughs> and that you know in your heart that you are now walking in the love of God for them. Because the love of God does what is in your highest good. It doesn't do how it feels. You understand? You may have fear to talk to somebody, but the moment that you show up and the love that's in you, love casts out all fear. And you know why a lot of believers don't experience that more? because they won't put themselves in the situation where the love of God locks in and there's this bubble around who you're speaking to and all the fear is gone. Because fear, lies, can't get through because love never fails. Amen? 
I don't care what you think of me. I love you. And I'm going to tell you the good news. You don't need to be sick. You don't need to be broke. You don't need to worry. You don't need that. Here's the way. Amen. I want you all to bust out. Bust out. Amen. Jermaine, you're going to bust out. And let me tell you something. You want your faith to get really strong? How many want really strong faith? I want mine to be stronger. The more I do that, the stronger my faith gets over anything else. Because I'm hearing it. And I'm going, that's pretty good. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't get into that where you're ministering and blessing other people with the truth and the love. Faith works by love. What love? The love of God that's already in you. Not me trying to love. I ain't got any of that. I, I had to get it from God. He's the only one. God's the only one who possesses that kind of love, and he gave it to us. His nature. Amen? Let it out. Well, how do I do that? Remember the other week I told you the will is a gate. It opens and closes. When you make the decision decision i'm walking in the love of god that gate opens up and that love comes out and you make the decision you're not it closes keeps it in when you make the decision when the spirit of god impresses upon you share share with them or whatever the case might be and you make that choice to do that the love comes pouring out when you make a choice i don't have time they're going to think I'm a crazy person. I don't care what they think about me because I love them. And I know that what I'm telling them is for their highest good. Paul said, if I preach to please men, and this is John's paraphrased version, I'll go kill myself. <laughs> I preach to please God. And he said, because I preach to please God, I'm going to experience some persecution. When you get done speaking with somebody of the word of God and the truth of the word of God, they ought to either love you or hate you. Anything in between, you're not getting the job done. Amen? Check up on what you're telling them because they're in the word. I never take it personal. Because I know what they either they're going to accept and believe or they're not going to believe and they're going to stumble. And they stumble at what you're telling them. And we take it too personal. It's not me. I'm just telling them the truth because I love them. 
if they don't choose that and they fall over that and stumble over that and they scream at me or whatever they want to do or talk about you at work or whatever the, whatever it is, that's their problem. Matter of fact, I'm really blessed. That's what Jesus said. Blessed are you who persecute you for righteousness' sake. I want to hear the testimony in a few weeks where you stand up and go, man, I got persecuted out of my socks this week, but I'm so blessed. Christians come to me and they're experiencing the curse. That's not the persecution Jesus is talking about. No, 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 no. Curse is not us. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. They're experiencing the curse, and they think that's persecution for righteousness' sake. No, that's ignorant. You're perishing for lack of knowledge, and you need to understand, no, 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 no. That's the curse. Find out what the deal is, or in whatever case, take authority. In the name of Jesus, it has no right. But we're so into that so much there's a confusion where now it's hard to be a Christian. Well, I got news for you. If that's what's happening, you're not a Christian in the sense, okay, of being a believer. You're believing something other than a believer in the Lord Jesus. You follow what I'm saying? You're born again, but in your mind which needs to be renewed, you're walking around, like Paul said, in the futility of your mind like the Gentiles do, like a person who has no covenant with God. And Paul said in Ephesians, don't do that. Don't you know you're a new creation? Don't you know the old man was done away with? Don't you know who you are? If I don't get chapter 2, chapter 6 is going to blow me away when it talks about loving your wife, submitting to your husband, all that kind of stuff. See, none of it's order. You're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus by grace. And because of that, and that you know that, and because of who you are, and you know that, you can fulfill the other. They try to, the, the mad-made religion does away with this and puts you over here and goes, try real hard to submit to the authority at work, Jermaine. Peter says this, and, and if you take it by itself and you don't understand that it is God in you, that you are a new creation. And because you are, and you receive that by faith, this is why you can go through this. Where Peter says, if you get beat for a fault that you committed, what's in that? No big deal. You make a mistake and the boss rails on you, so what? No big deal. However, if you're railed on 
and you're innocent and you haven't done anything and you take it patiently. Well, if I'm reading that without Jesus, I'm going to go jump off a cliff because I cannot do that. I'm going to get up in his face and say, I don't care if your boss, my boss or not, you're a moron. I didn't do it. Go find out who did it. So if you're reading that and you don't understand grace, mercy, faith, it takes active, real, bona fide faith to stand there and let somebody rail on you and you haven't done a thing wrong. Now, I want to tell you something. Jesus did that. He took the blame for all our sins. And he didn't do a thing wrong. Amen? He not only took the blame for it, he paid the price for it. And he didn't do a thing wrong. We have within us his ability, his power, where he did that, he's given that to us. You don't have it otherwise. Grace. Grace. His ability, Jesus' ability to take the blame and be totally innocent. Jesus' ability to resist sin even to the point of shedding blood. Word says none of us have ever been tempted to that point that he was. But you and I have his grace to resist to that point. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I, years ago, I used to go, hmm, I'm doing pretty good. Ooh. It wasn't like an hour. I felt like I wasn't even saved. It's like, God, where is he? That word I, ooh. When I use the word I, I want to use that word right. In other words, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen. Are you getting this? Now, I, I, I feel like this. I know it's happening, and I know you're getting it, and I know that you've got a handle on it. I know that you've gone back maybe and it slipped away and you've grabbed it and you're getting it. When you can't stand it, you've got to tell somebody. That's when it gets good. i got to tell somebody about Jesus. He's so good. I've got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. That's when it's happening.
We use the phrase sharing your faith so frivolously. Do we understand what that really means to share my faith in Jesus? I pray. Glory to God, I pray. And I believe and I teach and I understand the power of prayer. However, when someone tells me that they're in their prayer closet praying for people to be saved and they haven't opened their mouth to share with anybody, they're going to pray a long time. And they're never going to experience tangible results and the joy of leading someone to the Lord or whatever. You follow? Well, I'm an intercessor. That's what I do. Yes, please, intercess. But when you're intercessing and the Lord tells you, pick up the phone and call that person, there's the ticket. Amen? Prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus, send out laborers for the harvest. Didn't he say, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers? And start with me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Last verse, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Does Jesus know what you're going through? Always. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? And find grace when? In time of need. Need the branch, need the tow truck, need Jesus. Well, the word boldly there can be misconstrued. What that word really means, we think of boldly, right? That word in Greek rendering means speak freely. When I first got saved and you're learning and you're praying, you're going to God and all that. I would struggle like what to say. You know, well, should I tell him that? Like he doesn't know. 
Have you ever noticed oftentimes in prayer, okay, we're, we're talking, we're having a good time, and we're, now let us pray. Oh, heavenly gracious Father. Da 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 da. Is that the way? See, that's not boldly. Father, I got this problem, and this is it. My boss railed on me, and I, I, I didn't take it patiently. I, I need mercy, and I need grace. And what does God say? Here it is. What do you do? What does it mean to obtain it? Receive it. How do you receive it? How do you obtain it? By faith. I remember one time I was praying. And the reason why I mentioned one time I was praying, because... Suddenly, I heard a voice that I hadn't heard before. And I thought, wow, because I was used to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I heard this. I am God the Father. And I was like, what is going on here? And I sensed it, that the Holy Spirit was right here. And he said, I'm bringing you before the Father. And Jesus was right there. And I want to tell you something, without going into the full detail. When God the Father speaks... You believe it. I did not come out of there. <laughs> there. I'm seated. Uh, later on, I learned I'm seated with Jesus at his right hand. <laughs> so it, it's like, Father. See? All, all the praying through thing is Old Testament. We're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Father, turn the right hand, right? Right hand of the Father. Turn left. <laughs> Father, what's happening? Amen? Your spirit is there. And here. There's no time and space in spirit room, right? Right? But when he said... And I heard, I came out of that, there wasn't anything he said that I did not believe. And now I knew what Abraham heard. When he said, I am your great reward. I am your shield. Abraham left there knowing. <laughs> and it says... Abraham believed 
was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Amen? What God, our faith is in him. We believe his word because it's God who spoke it. Remember at the beginning I said, you're going to go through life and you're going to have people who are going to break their word to you? We transfer that to the person. They broke their word and it had to do with the person's character then, doesn't it? Because only by their goodwill, their power, their grace, if you will, can that word be good. That word you heard them speak to you is only as powerful as who they are. Amen? As John the Apostle said, I know in whom I believe. Amen? I know in whom I believe. You go to the throne of grace boldly, and you talk it over with God, and you explain to him what you believe you need. And he may tell you you need something else. But you and I need to go boldly, speaking freely to the Father in our time of need to get what? Mercy and grace to help us, to help us in our infirmity, to help us in the weakness. And when we receive that grace, that mercy and grace, don't forget who brung you. Amen? Very, very important to understand as well as we can understand now because it says in the word that in the ages to come, in the ages to come to experience and know the riches of his grace, there's like tons out there that we haven't even got a glimpse of. Amen? Let's get a hold of what we got access to now. I don't have to ever earn anything from God. He has freely given it. Amen? How many tonight... You need to go boldly before the throne and get some grace, some mercy. Anybody?